What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 602 of the Smart Out Moments Smack Talk podcast, Hot Tags of the Week. We're going to be breaking down some of the current events and rumors and news and gossip and TV talk and everything else that went down in the world of pro wrestling over the past few days that we feel like talking about. I'm your host as always, Tony Mango. Joining me as always are Callum Wiggins. Hello there. And Robert DeFelice. Hey, everyone. Before we get started, I want to apologize in advance if you see or see <laughs> if you see a bunch of loud noises, then you got something wrong with your eyes. But if you <laughs> if you hear a bunch of honking or uh, sirens or whatever, it's raining a lot today, which means that in Manhattan, nobody knows how to drive. So lots of <laughs> angry people out there today and unfortunately seeming lots of problems happening. So. That's been going like crazy, and I can't mute outside. But also, I want to remind everybody that if you have any thoughts on what we're talking about, drop your thoughts in the comments below. And if you are over there on YouTube to do that, make sure that you also hit the like button on there. Make sure you ring that little notification bell to get those email alerts set up, so that way when we go live for certain things that you get that notification. Make sure you click on that join button too and get access to the same things that you would have over on patreon.com slash sparkoutmoment. Like the dark cast, pick your poison tier. Even a buck a month can go a long way in helping us keep the lights on. And you can also click on the little thanks button that you can see on there. And that is basically like a tip jar. So if you aren't able to take part of the super chats, for instance, for the live shows, you want to, you know, toss a buck our way or whatever it might be. That's a great way of doing that. T Public and Redbubble are the merchandise options. And let's start getting into this. Um, got a little smattering of some topics this week. Uh, nothing trademark related that I had noticed. I don't think that there was anything other than NXT Gold Rush. But yeah, then again, know that is. yeah, and that one was just sort of, it's pretty obvious what it was. And then, you know, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But that was the last thing. You know, I mean, they re upped some stuff like you know, Chelsea green and uh, Candice Lorray and all nothing going on there. So the trademark stuff's out of the way, but let's talk about the new pay-per-view or the return of a pay-per-view as far as like re-upping trademarks go. I am assuming that that's the case for this because it's now been announced that on September 2nd at the PPG paints arena in Pittsburgh, we're going to get WWE Payback. I hate this name. And I'm assuming that with the Payback name and with the Night of Champions thing that they had done and all, it's been a while since we had seen those. So I'm wondering if WWE is sort of in this revolving sort of state where they're like, uh, if we don't use that after a while, we have to abandon the trademark. So we need to bring that out and we need to, you know, come back around to using uh, like what are some of the other ones that they haven't used for a while? Like um, no mercy. Or- yeah. No mercy. is definitely one of them that I wouldn't be shocked at all. If we end up seeing that pop up in the next year or breaking point, they re upped recently. I think. Always liked the name breaking point. I think that that's one of the ones that they they're sleeping on. And I don't, assume that they're going to do that with every single one of those. Like we're not going to get great balls of fire necessarily, or that we're not going to get, uh, you know, fatal four way, you know, one of the ones like those one shot things, but I got to imagine that that's part of that. 
Because Payback is so bland of a name. And for them to do that, it seems last minute to me. Because wasn't this the whole time frame that we were supposed to be getting that India pay-per-view? And I don't know. I'm getting the... I don't see anything online that points to this. So this is just pure speculation on my part. I'm getting the sense that they haven't figured out what the India show is going to be yet. And they were like, crap, we need to do something. Let's book the PPG Paints Arena. And we don't want to give it any of these big names like the King and Queen of the Ring or something that we might have done for elsewhere. So let's just go with Payback. Let's just re-up that. And let's just, you know, it's a B-level pointless pay-per-view anyway. Let's just do that. I hate it. <laughs> I don't see the point in it. I think it sounds so generic that it should just be... Like, you know, the Battleground thing where they ended up doing that as the, the video game? Payback's like... Use the that for like one of those dumb mobile apps or something. I, I don't know. I don't like it. What about you guys? What do you think about Payback? I think anything is better than a show named after a match type, so I'm in favor of Payback. What, what happens if they announce the WWE Payback match? <laughs> well, then I have questions. <laughs> uh, I like it, and I like that we're getting a full weekend on Labor Day. It'll be a very fun I'm with collision and payback and then all out the next day. It's been a week after uh all in. Is so that it's just confirmed it. to be September third? They've all said they haven't like announced tickets or anything yet, but a lot of the executives have basically said, Yeah, we're going to Chicago for Labor Day, so hmm. What about you, Cal? Any uh thoughts on WWE payback? Is that one of your more preferred pay-per-view names or not? Just a nine. I wouldn't say I like it. I don't dislike it. It's just there, kind of. Um, it maybe uh, if I had one criticism, it I think it's too similar to Backlash. I mm-hmm. prefer Backlash to yeah, Payback. I agree, but, I agree with that. Exactly. But 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 other than that, I can't say that I'm going to be too anti it. The the more interesting thing is for the second time this year, they're going to be running. At the same weekend as a an AEW show, and again, that's if anything, it's like that's the deliberate thing about it. They're just trying to, and as I say, like it's, you can say it's like smart business practice, or you can say it's somewhat malicious. But one way or another, they're going to be running the same weekend as an AEW show, so that's that's the reason why they're putting that show on. I think. Well, if that is the whole Labor Day thing, then I can imagine that that's a, a good amount of that because. Um... Oh God! What was the the uh, one that just passed by? The uh, is it Memorial Day? Is that what it was? The the holiday? Yes, yeah, it was yeah. Memorial. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I was like, I know it's not Arbor Day, but it's something that people actually <laughs> people that actually celebrate something. Um, you know, they were pretty adamant that they were saying like the reason why they were doing that wasn't. I mean, of course they're going to say that that's not the case, but I don't think that they were trying to book that to be opposite of that. I think that they were just like, oh, let's get the holiday weekend and, you know, we'll get people that'll be, I forget the phrasing that they had said on, it was either WWE or AEW, of course, because I don't watch the other stuff, but something in the past week, they were talking about the idea of like, oh, yeah, that's what it was. It was on NXT. They were uh, plugging the Great American Bash and Vic Joseph was like, yeah, that's going to be, you know, Great American Bash. Get your whole, uh, 
you know, get your, cook, uh, your cookout stuff, get your food and come inside and watch the pay-per-view. And it's like, well, that's not nope. happening on nope, that wasn't July 4th. Rick Joseph. That was uh, Kevin Patrick on Raw. Oh, God, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, Gravy. It's July 4th, too. Come into, and we're like, Money in the Bank is the 1st of July. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, Well, they're just kind of like, it's around that time frame, so let's give you the idea so of that. Your cookout, what? Yeah. Okay. So everybody's going to have a, a special uh, weekend thing for that and act like it's the 4th of July. But I think that that's kind of just their ideas. Let's throw something out there for Labor Day, and we don't necessarily have any plans for it, so let's just, nah, it's payback, whatever. And I got to imagine that part of that's probably trademark related just to kind of re-up that. But then again, I'm like, you know, you're sitting on some other great ones like oh, Bash of the Beach, <laughs> you know, like we could have done something like that. We could have done that. I like No Mercy. I like Fully Loaded. I like a lot of these other ones. So it's a shame that Payback ugh, is back. Maybe it's just they're upset about Ryback and they want to cheese him off again. But that's one of those little things. Of course, when we get to September, we'll be doing our predictions and run down the card because the card's more important than the name of the event and all. But if we're talking about events and all, later on, we're going to be talking about predictions for NXT Gold Rush, those episodes. We're going to talk about predictions for AEW Collision and all. So stay tuned for that. But let's talk about something Money in the Bank related. That's a rumor going around. We might see something happening tonight on TV or not. But supposedly one of the people that's in Money in the Bank might not be in it anymore. And they might be replaced by seemingly either Drew McIntyre or Bobby Lashley. More so Drew McIntyre, it seems. So if that's the case, and if we end up getting somebody replaced, probably, I'm assuming, from Drew McIntyre, who do you guys think is going to get taken out? Um, ah. well, it wouldn't happen tonight, would it? Because it could be. McIntyre's a, well, a raw guy, isn't he? Yeah, but I mean, they've thrown out the whole, yeah, the brand splits, like, <laughs> they just keep going. Yeah, but here's an excuse, you know? But, um, I mean, if it was a SmackDown guy to go out, then you'd probably put it towards, San- well, Santos, actually, is probably the, the one you'd get rid of, because... Which for, yeah, that's that whole thing. And then LA Knight's one of the main rumored people to win. So they've been doing a lot of focus on Ricochet and Shinsuke. And then Damian Priest is also the number, uh, like it's Priest and Knight that seem to be going around the most as like the potential winner. So that's weird to me, this whole story. Why don't they just add him in? It's not like there's only six people. That's what the, the, like, my preference would be to just add another group of people in there and i think that they should just go with eight like they've done before just add another raw guy add another smackdown guy then you'd be fine especially because jim mcintyre's on raw bobby lashley's on smackdown put the both of them in there if they're not injured or whatever but the it's phrasing really on i think it's bwe had been um tweeting a, a bit uh, about it I think that their phrasing was pretty specific about like them replacing somebody in the match as opposed to being added to it. So that's what makes it a little bit more intriguing to me. 
Yeah, I I would like to see McIntyre in the match. I thought McIntyre was gonna be fighting Rollins, honestly, but I'd like to see him added. As it stands right now, there's no front runners to run away with the whole thing. So you could definitely add some spice to it. I like this idea. So the phrasing I double checked it that WWE had tweeted out was a certain superstar puts their money in the bank opportunity on the line next week. So then that would be setting up an angle tonight for the next week's show about somebody defending their spot on there. Why would someone do that? Hold on. Did you, that didn't specify male or female. Oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that way. I had only seen a lot of things connecting the dots between uh, Drew McIntyre returning. It could be on the women's side. That's that's a good point. So it could be like maybe Bailey loses and she's all upset, or maybe Zelina Vega gets taken out. I would assume Becky Lynch and Zoe Stark and Io Sky are pretty set in there, and we don't know who that other woman is. Not that they haven't announced that either. There's nothing for tonight's SmackDown, right? That points in that direction. Because we'll we got a, uh, we got that. Well, we already have um, Becky and Zoe are Raw, Bailey and EO are SmackDown, Zelina is um, wow. SmackDown. Huh. So that would be a Raw one. I don't know. This is weird. Uh, the way the money in the bank's going around, maybe they have some plans, maybe they don't, maybe they're kind of flying by the seat of their pants, but we'll find out a little bit more, probably to, at least to, by uh, by Monday Night Raw, maybe by tonight. Yeah, I'm looking at the lineup for Raw tonight, or for SmackDown tonight. It seems like they're just harping on the usual Roman Reigns returns again, guys. Come on, come on. And then, you know, Zelina versus EO for a, just a match for the showcase kind of thing and all. I don't know if I'm numb. Good question. Okay, go ahead, Cal. I was, I was just going to ask a, a question quickly in terms of, because I don't usually ask this of stories that we cover on there. Has anyone actually credible said that this is going to happen? BWE yeah, has gonna, a pretty good track record. I was also going to bring that up, though, because BWE, I only see ever brought up by like crappy aggregates. So, I don't know. I've, I've checked. He has nailed it sometimes but that's that's really interesting i guess hey look if this happens it's another uh w for his column so yeah and if not then Um, you fucking lied (laughs) what about being numb for what the roman return yeah i don't know if i I don't know if i'm numb to like all of this because you know you just seemed a little Upset about, oh, yeah, they're harping on Roman Reigns returns. And I'm just sort of like, it's SmackDown. Does anybody really care? <laughs> like, oh, I'm fully really numb care? to that. This, it's just not. It, nothing's interesting anymore with any of this. Like. The bloodline, of course, there's a lot of great stuff going on with that whole. The whole package of the story, but I am beyond sick and tired of Every episode of Raw, you get a recap of what happened on SmackDown. And on every episode of SmackDown, it's there's fighting within the bloodline. And oh, I don't know if you're going to fall uh, into line with the way that I'm running things. Oh, well, 
Next week, we're going to address the fact that I'm still upset with you. And then the next week, it's, oh, man, I'm I'm more upset with you than I was before. But but next week is when things will really, you know, it's they just drag this thing out so much. And we're rehashing the same parts of the story that we did before. It's Roman Reigns returns. Okay. And so he'll come like out. It'll be. Fucking plan, Tony. Hmm? It's almost like they, they didn't have a plan. No, they definitely didn't. Cody Rhodes winning the title. And it should have happened. It does make me feel like, because all the stuff that actually has been happening with the bloodline has been good, but it still is always in the back of my mind of, this would be as good, if not better, if Cody was the champion. Yep. Yeah, everything that's happened since WrestleMania, mm-hmm. with the exception of what Cody is doing on Money in the Bank, which we'll get to, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> we'll is, talk about that. Yeah. Has felt like, wow, they really probably planned for Cody to be champion because his bloodline thing doesn't need the title. <laughs> doesn't need the title. Not only does it not need the title, but it having the title weighs it down and hurts the other things. So there's no positive to this other than we want Roman to hit X record at X time. That's it. And they're sacrificing so many things for that benefit just because they are so harped on that to the point that it's even like we've, you know, we'll spin this and talk about the championships, but the undisputed championship doesn't come out until after that. And now it's not undisputed anymore at all. And they're like, yeah, but, well, we got the belt and we want to see him with that belt. So screw you. It doesn't matter. So everything doesn't matter, but everything matters according to them. Or at least a better phrasing would be nothing matters except what I want to matter right now. Shut your face. <laughs> now, granted, they're fixing this belt situation week by week. So, but in the process like- of that, they're creating other issues. And that's a good way right, of uh, transitioning I'm to not- the Rhea Ripley thing. Because now, out of the blue on Monday Night Raw, they're like, oh, hey, by the way, Rhea Ripley, you are the women's world champion. And here is your white version of your Ferrero Shea uh Seth Rollins style world heavyweight championship type belt and so many people are online are like oh, okay well it's all fixed now and it's like well yes and no <laughs> because we're in a time frame yeah we're right now okay the two raw belts look the same the two smackdown uh, well the three smackdown belts the four SmackDown belts. Yeah. <laughs> now that it's number four, because I'm forgetting about the undisputed that they have that kind of style. So yes, that's something. And the gold back and, you know, now we can swap the championships without it having to be the raw and the SmackDown women's championship and all. But I just don't like this whole, why is it the women's undisputed championship and the men's okay. undisputed championship right. on those belts? when you've got the belts on the other side and then they're the world championship. Why are they the world championship? And the other one's the WWE one. And then when you get into the whole, yeah, but they're not calling that the WWE one. Oh, well, you know, I fuck me for thinking that because there's a giant WWE logo. (laughs) So they're playing semantics with this dumb idea of, but that's the women's world championship. It's not the WWE women's championship or the WWE women's championship says undisputed, but it's not undisputed, but we don't want to, take those letters out and call it something else. But you know exactly that that's what it is. So why are you upset about it? That's all. That's because all it's it is. just, they got enough money. Get a new belt. 
take Undisputed out of there. If you don't have enough money for that, I don't know what you're doing. You're doing something wrong as a company. It'll probably be fixed quietly relatively soon. Oh, I'm assuming that they're going to keep this for the long haul. It would not shock me at all if they keep this going until they end up eventually merging the belts. I'm okay with it. They they did inherently fix the problem, which the problem has existed since 2016, which is, first of all, it's stupid and doesn't sound as prestigious when you just say, I'm the Raw champion. Never like that. Is Undisputed on the women's title stupid? Absolutely. Is it worth me losing hair over? Absolutely not. <laughs> I like the titles. They look good. Rhea Ripley's title looks good. They've gone back to 2002 with the whole everything on Raw is the world. And everything on SmackDown is the WWE, which tells me Triple H really liked that. And only thing that's left is the tag team title situation, which the I'm ugliest belts, and they still they fucking love those little sentinel heads, I guess, because they've kept that championship longer than any others. At this point, I'm assuming that they're just gonna get a black strapped version of the women's tag team titles, and we're gonna call it a day. Uh, I don't think that. I think we're getting that leaked 24-7 championship-looking thing. Or maybe for one of the belts, and then the other belts be the black-striped version of the women's tag team titles. And then you've got two sets of tag team titles again, and you're good. And then they'll call that... being good. They'll call them the WWE Tag Team Championship, and it'll say Undisputed on it, and then the WWE World Tag Team Championship. (laughs) Yeah, but the problem will be fixed. Why is the the world only applicable to Raw? And why is WWE only applicable to SmackDown? The naming convention know, makes no sense at all. I don't know what the hell they're thinking there. Just call it... I, I don't know. I've said it enough about this. Callum, tell me uh, how I'm getting upset over nothing. It's, it's just not... <laughs> yeah, like, it's just not worth losing hair over. Like... Tony, you're already going gray, and there's so many other problems for you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> add this onto the list. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think that there's, there's enough here to get upset over beyond. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my biggest issues is the belts don't look very good to me. So I don't. That's my, that's my criticism of them. I don't really care what they're called. I, I, I agree that calling uh, the. The SmackDown side thinks the undisputed title on both of them is stupid because they're clearly not undisputed because there are two world champions on both sides. So you that's basically that's literally what undisputed means. It means mm-hmm. you're the definitive champion. There's no other world champion, except there's other world champions there. So yeah, they should just call them the WWE champion and WWE women's champion and the women's world champion and the men's world champion or whatever you want to call them. That should just be it. And yeah, maybe they can come up with some more inventive names and, I don't know, make the belts look slightly different than each other, but I get, consistency is apparently what they're going for, so sounds like it's not worth caring about. That would be I mean, something I would immediately change if I were in there. I would just be like, we need to scrap that undisputed thing, because that's so ridiculously dumb. You You institute the undisputed championship after all these months after it no longer makes sense it's the the most baffling type of decision but, they could have possibly made but to full circle this it's so much more fucking sense 
Cody Rhodes had just won the belt and said, okay, I'm dropping this one. SmackDown now has a universal champion. Yep. Done. And then you go the women's and undisputed, but universal. Mm-hmm. Done. That would have been Cody the Rhodes. easiest. Yeah. I don't know. Cody Rhodes holds the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And then the Universal Championship is. Then the the Universal's over on SmackDown. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's the type of thing that's like. It's so obvious that either they are so stupid that they didn't see that, or they saw it and said no we want this more complicated thing for some fucking reason i don't know why but at least i i mean i think that the belt looks good on Rhea and all i do like this design i know that that's you know like calm saying he's not a big fan of it and all i i would just like the different names (laughs) like i just you know i harp on that i'm glad that they you know, they didn't need to do anything. You didn't need to do an announcement. Obviously, she was getting a new belt. Asuka got a new belt. So it was like, you're not going with Raw and SmackDown anymore. So just give her the women's world title. And it fits. And it looks more prestigious than everybody just walking around with a different color of the, you know, WWE slash Universal titles. And I, I like it. And I'm glad that they're going to be fully just merging the women's tag team titles because that's something that they just sucks for nxt but what can you do there was no point in nxt having a women's tag team division it's never been useful most of those championships have been like i mean we had what like four or five different examples of that they switched the belts almost immediately you know, I really kept it on Toxic Attraction, and that's just because Toxic Attraction was a stable that they were interested in. But, you know, this whole idea of, like, OKC and KC were the longest reigning champions, it's like, they did fuck all with them, <laughs> you know? They existed with them, Yeah, on paper, they are the longest. And you're like, who did you beat? What matches did you have? What pay-per-views were you highlighted on? Tell me one thing that happened during that reign other than they won it and they lost it. Not being funny. Who did they beat? Exactly. I can't tell you. (laughs) Not only can I not tell you, I'm not even 100% positive that Alba Fire and Isla Dawn had beaten them. (laughs) No, they beat beat the Uh, Brazzer Broads. They beat who? uh, the uh, Tyler Henley and the other chick. Oh, Kiana James, yeah. So Henley and James yeah, beat had beaten Kenzaro and uh, Carter. Yeah, but who did Kenzaro yeah. and? Uh, I guess Toxic Attraction. Yeah, it had to. No, wait, no, 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 no. No, it was, no, it, was it was a tournament. They threw tournament. the belt in the trash. Cora Jade threw the belt in the trash, and yeah. then they did After a four way. Oh, that was right. the whole the whole dumb thing where Cora Jade threw the belt they were in the trash for like six days, and then Roxanne was championed by herself, and then Roxanne gave it up. Right? Yes. Yes. God, no re- okay. wonder they fucking got rid of these titles. Absolutely ridiculous. So such a pointless set of titles. You know what would be good though? 
since you're merging these, maybe these should be undisputed and you can learn how that fucking word makes sense. <laughs> they'll go out of their way to not give the new belt the undisputed name. Right. They'll, they'll actually make an undisputed championship because for some reason the Raw and SmackDown tag titles are still separate. I don't know why. But they'll make an undisputed championship with that and then they'll be like, nope, keeping it like that. Vince is too busy googling the word uh stupendous to try to look that up in the dictionary instead <laughs> you know not a lot of people know that well how that <laughs> see you know you see that uh his uh, mustache picture is up on the website now awful maybe that explains a lot of these decisions i don't know because whoever made that decision <laughs> anyway you want to talk about stuff people actually care about now you mean uh, you don't care about his mustache? I I definitely don't. <laughs> well, we got a couple of other hot tags here before we start getting into the TV stuff. One of them being more on the WWE television rights deals, which uh, Callum, you had filled me in on this ahead of time. What was uh, the breakdown you had seen? Because I had, didn't read the report about it. Um, I mean, there's not really that much to say, but it oh, it's saying that it's like there's not much to talk about right now, but it's could be by pivotal which is so essentially exclusive tv rights negotiations between wwe and their current partners fox smackdown and nbc universal for raw has ended which means that they're now free to negotiate tv rights with any other interested party outside of both nbc and fox and obviously both of their television deals end in october of next year so you would say that there's probably an incentive to kind of ramp up the who's going to who's actually going to make sure so, who's going to be in charge of these companies, in charge of running Raw and SmackDown, should I say, or like broadcasting them uh, up until um, 2024. Because you don't really want to wait until the very last year to still have it completely up in the air. I mean, wasn't the like the Fox deal wasn't that all wrapped up by a year before? I moved on to Fox, so yeah, it was quite a while. Yeah, yeah. So we're approaching that time now, and we currently don't know for certain who will be, yeah, who will be broadcasting Raw and SmackDown just yet. And so there's interested parties, of course, probably USA at the very least are interested in keeping it on, uh, yeah, the USC network. Fox, it's a bit more up in the air because it. By at least certain reports, it gives the suggestion that it hasn't lived up to their expectations for it, although viewership has been up recently, so maybe they'll have a change of heart about it. But then there are the interest by both apparently Amazon and Disney. So, so yeah, that's, that's all really at the moment. So there's no firm indication about where WWE's shows are going yet, but it means that now it's open season essentially for their broadcast potential broadcast partners it wouldn't shock me at all based off of the history of how these negotiations have gone down if the amazon and disney interest is very minimal and they're taking this like nominal thing and just kind of putting it out there as like well we got all because amazon and disney are the two big like Hey, look, you know, you better give us a better deal because these two might snatch it away from you. They're the big companies and all. And 
to get more people talking about that stuff. And then it'll end up being like, yeah, you know what? Well, we stuck with the, the USA and Fox or something. So the report came from Andrew Marchand of the New York Post. And he framed it as Amazon will definitely be talking to them. And they're the main company that has shown interest in paying big money for something like this because they have Thursday night football. So it was pitched like Amazon's going to definitely shoot their shot. Disney is more interested in putting them on FX and potentially it could end up landing on FX. Disney owns FX? I thought the Fox still owned that. Remember Disney and Fox, they kind of merged and, yeah, but I went one way. I thought that the FX section was still under Fox. I thought that that was like they owned the Fox Network, FS1, FX, and uh, like Fox News and stuff. But that they got rid of like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess not. I don't know. That's yeah, that whole deal was so FX. confusing. And huh. they're looking at putting uh, WWE on FX if. WWE is going to go with them. It's going to go to FX. Man, that'll really confuse the boomers, right? If it's like, it's not on Fox anymore. It's on FX. And they're like, I've got FX. Where's the O? (laughs) I uh, I just anticipate it's going to be USA and Fox still. I think that they're going to do the whole back and forth negotiation. And this Endeavor deal is going to make them go, well, you know, aren't you more interested in what we got going forward? And then they're going to hoodwink them. And then these networks will say, yeah, I'll, I'll bet for the next couple of years. I think it's going to all go to the NBC universal side of things. Wouldn't shock me. And Cause that would the like, they package that up together. You know I mean? Like they've got the Peacock stuff. They're going to continue past that. Cause that then right. when's that? End? It's like 2020 before maybe, uh, not, I think 25. Yeah. So that might be one of those big negotiation deals where it's like, look, you've got the Peacock stuff. We're going to do the reruns. We're going to bring them, you know, with the SmackDown side of it and all too. Not that that's necessarily the biggest thing in the world that people would be like, Oh yeah. I can't wait to see that rerun on there. I don't know how many people really check that stuff out. I'm sure that there's some kind of market for it, but then again, I'm the type of person that, I don't have the like Nielsen would never reach out to me because it'd be like you what you download shows and watch them later and you torrent things and you you don't watch traditional TV in the same way and you record these things and you do that like I'm not a you know a regular advertiser type person so um, at the very least if they have these kind of deals still up in the air it's good for WWE television because then they're going to be like, I need to do something to make them want to bring us the most amount of money possible. If they're complacent, they're going to run crap on TV. So I like that. I'm down for them not getting a deal until the last minute. And for all those people that are like, oh, maybe Warner Brothers, they're not going to do that. Come on. Warner okay, Brothers so is Warner not Brothers, going to buy that. <laughs> Warner Brothers was listed as a dark horse. You know, it's worth talking about. And... Tony Khan did 
was asked and did comment on the matter and basically said, I'm not going to get too into my contract, but there's very favorable things in there for myself and AEW. And it should be noted that, you know, Warner is all in on AEW, pardon the pun. So I don't think they're going anywhere near there. One uh, thing that was completely written out was Netflix. Because rightfully so, Andrew was like, Netflix hasn't proven that they're willing to pay this kind of money. So everybody needs to stop bringing them up in these kinds of conversations. If that ended up happening, that would be one of the biggest shockers to me. Like, I would trust Apple buying it more than Netflix. Netflix doesn't. They don't Apple have that kind of market, you know, with the MLB. So they could, you know, they've proven it. Hmm. Well, let's talk about CM Punk. Let's talk about ESPN because ESPN, obviously a network that has their feet in the water for all these things. I did not see the CM Punk interview, but I have seen some reactions online. I saw the uh, uh, Young Bucks, the thing about um, Hangman Adam Page being a great person and a great wrestler. (laughs) I saw that some people are really going like, wow, man, I'm really mad at Punk for what he said in this. And then other people going, what did he say? He didn't really say anything. So what's your perspectives on this whole situation? I'm firmly in the camp of he didn't really say anything. He does address, you know, the brawl out situation. He says he immediately apologized to Tony following the scrum because he felt bad he put him in that kind of a position. He says, you know, he believes that his injury and his injury forcing him to be out made things worse because it made it seem like, you know, he was leaving and he never planned on leaving. And I think, for me, the diciest stuff he said was about Hangman, because he said, you know, Hangman shot on him in that first promo. He asked him why Hangman, according to Punk, said it's because he tried to get Cabana fired. Um, And then he said in the match he was, you know, worried that he was going to shoot on him. And there was a point where he chopped him in the mouth and chipped his tooth and Punk believes that was on purpose. That's to me is the diciest of the things. But Callum, did you get a chance to read this? Oh yeah, I've read it. Um, and I don't really have too much more to add. Really, it's like I'd say Punk stuff was fairly innocuous. I'd say the main thing was about the page stuff and both him apparently saying that he could have he thought about walking out of the match or walking out before appearing at double or nothing which was would have been the uh the second guy on that show too well uh that was the was it the year before mjf no that was the that that was mjf yeah Yeah, so that means the second guy that would have walked out on that show um so um but yeah and then the slap in the face from the errant chop um i mean it doesn't look like it's intentional but you can never really tell with this stuff and either way, it's just a case of you just give the guy a receipt afterwards and you carry on. That's basically how wrestling etiquette works when something goes somewhat awry like that. But yeah, it didn't really paint him in a particularly good light there. 
uh, other stuff about the scrum. He's just like not really talking about. It. He said that he hasn't spoken to Kenny and the Bucks yet, and he's apparently he says that he's tried to reach out to them, but he always gets uh, responded by a lawyer saying don't don't contact this person. So so apparently they haven't sat down. He said that the brawl out stuff will not be used in storylines moving forward. It will not be used as the fuel for a potential uh, feud between Punk and the the Bucks and Kenny Omega, which again is like you don't trust a wrestler saying that kind of stuff. So Absolutely not, gonna, not. There's no way that somebody's not going to cut a promo down the line that's like, oh, what are you going to do? Uh, you know, have another brawl out. Ooh, you know. We had literally like like pretty much like the week after um, the Bucks and Kenny came back in their match, they were doing stuff that mirrored the uh, the mm-hmm. out fight. So you know, I'm sure he'll make some sort of errant comment about it on the uh, on his first promo back, or at least allude to it. Um, yeah, and he just spoke about how Collision is going to be good because it means it's going to spotlight people like Hobbs and Starks in more prominent position like they've uh, done with MJF on Dynamite. Basically said it's sink or swim for a lot of these guys to including kind himself. of step up. And be- yeah, including himself. Yeah, I'm not saying that it's just for anyone else, but it's saying like this is an opportunity for them to prove themselves. And if they don't, then they'll cover themselves as like probably not being top guy potential. Uh, yeah, that's kind of it really. So I think a lot of people particularly in the wrestling media, we're kind of bigging this up as this big, huge thing that has really rocked people backstage. And again, we don't know what the effects it's had on people backstage or if people backstage are upset about it. I assume they are, because basically everything Punk does at the moment seems to get somebody <laughs> upset. But I I think that they tried to draw up a lot of interest in this and tried to immediately paint Punk in a bad light. And again, Punk has, there's a lot of reasons maybe to paint Punk in a bad light, but... I think that people are going pretty overboard in this being like this rocking interview and it's just, you know, it's it's somewhat interesting. There's some interesting tidbits and it actually, it actually probably would have intrigued a lot more people if others, if uh, people in the media hadn't have bigged it up as being this groundbreaking thing. Yes, sir. I think that specifically Wade Keller and Alvarez saying what they said they got everybody in a tizzy, and it was just like, I can't believe he's doing this. You know, this guy's so annoying. Oh, my God. And then you read it, and it's like, he says he's excited to come back, and yeah, shit happened. But that was basically his take. He's like, look, I'm not saying I, I love what happened, but my stance has been shit happens. The fact that I had to be away at rehab and injury makes it seem like I was so upset, and I don't like them. But it's my stance is shit happens. And that's realistically, that's kind of it. And shame on people for bigging this up. That just strikes me, though, as the type of thing where silence damns people so much more than they think that it does. So many people are like, oh, if you don't address it, it'll all go away. And then months of they're not saying anything. So we're going to fill in the blank and we're going to draw these other conclusions and then we're going to run with these stories and all and then everybody just goes don't believe everything that you read online but they never specify anything and we go back to what we've been talking about before or i've said a million times sometimes you just have to go here's what it is that's the end of it and then tell everybody to shut their fucking mouths and then maybe that'll stop so like that to me is what punk was doing punk whenever he has spoken 
has always been more enlightening than anything else. The Elite came out and they did their, you know, Omega bit the guy's arm and was a packy bit. I don't remember. But they made fun of the whole buckshot thing. And then they go, oh, but we're trying to move away. And it's it's one of those things. It's like, just do what Punk did. He addressed it as best he could. And now we're moving on. And everybody move on. You move on in that way. But then some of the things that Punk's done has been like, I, I want to move on and I don't want to whatever, but here's the next talking point that I'm giving you guys because I'm going to rant about this or something, you know? Well, but, like, every, but, but every time he's done that, it's in response to some report saying, here's what's going on about CM Punk. And then he has to respond because if he doesn't, you, you get into what you were just talking about here where it's like silence damns people. I kind of apply the where there's smoke, there's fire to certain situations. And I'm like, the more drama that surrounds anybody, this isn't just in pro wrestling, but just in life in general, the more that somebody seems to not be able to avoid drama, the more I'm like, you're probably bringing a lot of it to the table. And it seems like that's on both sides for this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They're both just kind of, there's probably elements that they're both right and they're both wrong and they just are two opposing bitter <laughs> like i don't know it, it it's not the type of environment that i would want to be around i'll say that if i were I, somebody dealing with that on a regular basis i'd probably lose even more hair than i am about this whole undisputed championship thing you know and i, I think we're just commentators at the end of the day, right? Like we don't know these people, yada, mm-hmm. yada, but like, I don't know, man. I think part of the problem is so much of the discourse and the loud blah, blah, social media is so strictly, well, it's clearly all him. And it's like, I, I, just, I just don't believe that. I, I do not believe that a situation is one-sided in any circumstance. I think, uh, his friend biting someone was a great, but I I just think listen we're all human we're all flawed just kind of own up your to your shit and move on. Well, let's move on and start talking about some TV stuff. Let's go back to Monday Night Raw, backtrack and talk about those things that happened. Like obviously we mentioned the the women's world championship situation and doing the whole Rhea Ripley thing. Cody Rhodes continuing on this whole thing with Dominic. They're just Fuck not this. at all even giving him a chance at the money in the bank because no. Uh, no. you got to avoid him being in that title situation since you don't want him to do it. <laughs> so this. Remember I, how I was it, telling you I don't think that he's winning that and I don't think he's catching it. And now he's I can this. say that I was dead wrong. I've been saying pretty much since Mania, okay, well, he'll put money in the bank and he'll cash in in the garden. Nope. But even though I'm a fucking Dominic, and like, look, at some point, Dom does need to do something else. I agree with that. And I think that Cody Rhodes being that guy is pretty okay too. But to not even have Cody Rhodes look 
in the direction of the Money in the Bank briefcase, which, by the way, is something he did when his peck was falling off his arm. Like, couldn't why Cody have had a Money in the Bank qualifying match with Damian. Damian Priest and then Dominic screws him out of it and that there, leads to Dominic versus Cody Rhodes? There you go. <laughs> couldn't that have made more sense? Because Matt there Riddle has go. nothing going on with Damian Priest right now. He's been feuding with Gunter. Yep. Like, isn't this blatantly obvious what they should have done with that? I like for me, I, I have been delusionally hyping myself up on the idea of Cody Rhodes will get that belt sooner than later. And now I'm just like, all right, so he's beating Gunther next year. Okay, yep. I guess that's what we're doing. Like, it's it's just not great. That aside, that that thing that I hate aside, yeah, I, I like the idea of Dominic getting in the ring with someone that isn't his father or a member of the LWO. You know what else is confusing me about their build of this whole Money in the Bank thing? They're putting a lot of focus on Bronson Reed, and he's not qualified. Yep. Like, That's why when you were talking about someone putting their thing online, I'm like, well, Bronson Reed would make sense because he's just all over this thing. He beats Ricochet by DQ because of Shinsuke, because Shinsuke and Ricochet are kind of feuding over Bronson Reed, sort of, which kind of makes me just go, why isn't Bronson Reed in here? uh, It's a better version of Axiom and Scripps against Dabakato. Oh, that happened this week, too. Yeah. Because I'd rather see them wrestle. For anyway, just because you you mentioned it, Axiom and Scripps beat Dabakato by pinfall, so Dabakato pointless now at this point and then uh yeah other stuff happened after that we'll talk about that but um yeah i don't know i mean i know there are some people that are like oh this these might be like vince changes no i don't think so (laughs) i don't know what the cody thing is because there's no excuse like you're gonna cool that motherfucker off the story didn't uh, the story doesn't end uh we got Trust me, there's really there's reasons for it. Do not trust WWE ever feeding you that bullshit. Too, they had him got a promo. Well, it's about adversity, isn't it? So he's fucking playing into the joke. Just have him involved in the title picture. At this point, Bianca Belair is a smarter wrestler in storyline in kayfabe. Bianca Belair is better than Cody Rhodes. She's like, no, no, mm-hmm. I was fucked out of the title. I want my rematch now. And why does Charlotte Flair get a match just by requesting it when I deserve that match? And then yeah. that kind of stuff for me is infuriating because it's like, okay, so you you, you can do it because mm-hmm. you're doing it. So what the fuck? Well, it keeps circling back to that general WWE rule, which is the rules don't apply if we don't want them to. Logic doesn't apply if we don't want it to shut up and stop calling attention to our preferential treatment of how we want the world to operate which is just i think this is one of those things you're gonna hear later on everybody's gonna go bloodline storyline great stuff with sammy Zayn, great we even got some great stuff after mania but on the whole we missed the boat on cody reds I think, I think so too. Because I don't think he's gonna ever be able to capture that uh, momentum Never. again, and I don't Never. think that when he, if he wins the championship, that anybody's gonna care as much. And then they're gonna blame that on him and be like, 
well, you, you must not have ever really cared about Cody. And it's like, no, well, you cared about the story playing out, but like to, to draw, to draw the whole parallels to something that was successful, like Avengers Endgame. If that would have just been like, all right, that ends with something dumb. And then two movies later, Black Widow beats, uh, Thanos in her own movie. And then they go, well, you didn't care about them beating Thanos. It's like, well, no, you screwed it up. That's what happened. So I am going back to the thing I said before. Cody is not winning that championship from Roman Reigns unless there is some kind of weird injury type of thing that happens that forces them in like a WrestleMania 32. Was that the one with uh, Shane and Undertaker and all? 42? Uh, Oh, you mean like? When everybody got hurt. Yeah, it was 32? Yeah, yeah, 32. Unless we no, get 30, another... Yeah, 32. It was 2016. Unless we get another situation like that year where they were just like, okay, well, it's two weeks out and we need to figure out the card. I think that the plan for Mania is we want Roman versus The Rock and Roman beats him. And then we can do anything else with the World Championship with Gunter, Seth Rollins, and Cody Rhodes. And if we can't get the rock, we're getting Seth Rollins as the backup against Roman and Seth loses. And I, that's it. I think that that's just that those are the, the way, people I in their mind. The rock, the rocks having a rough go of it. And yeah, like, I, I think they'll get the rock. I mean, if the rock doesn't do it at this point, it's going to be like, come on, man. <laughs> but yeah, they're really struggling to, make me feel like they have any idea what the hell they're doing or that they have the right idea at the very least. And, you know, then they move on to other things where they just sort of do things for the sake of it. Like nobody really honestly cares about Chad Gable beats Eric in a few minutes. It's just a thing. Maxine Dupree did a, an arm drag. Cool. Fine. Whatever. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn beat Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser. So at this point, they've beaten Imperium all across the board. I don't know why we're really pushing them out of the picture already, but they no longer matter. Interesting what they're doing with Kevin and Sammy. They're really harping on this thing where it's like Kevin is falling apart, it seems, and he's just reacting to it by calling out wrestling tropes. So... I'm kind of curious how that's going to play out. Gives me the impression that they want to take those belts off of them pretty soon. Do you guys have that kind of viewpoint too? I don't know. Cause they, it feels like they just keep jumping around every so often with these two. I mean, I still don't know why they have Sami Zayn talking to Jey Uso. <laughs> how many times have we done the we're done with this and then we got to keep going back to the same thing again they're like um like codependent or something (laughs) well you Um, you missed out on a on an eventful episode of nxt at the very least callum i'll tell you that did you check out any of the results of that or or am i going to be hitting you with some brand new information i don't think you're gonna hit it with that i know what the results are i just don't know what i just didn't watch it ah okay well for anybody who doesn't know the results we started off with wesley 
which I always just want to say Wesley. Throws me off so much. Wesley and Tyler Bate and Mustafa Ali beat Schism. That set up a little thing for later on where Mustafa Ali is going to be the special guest referee between Wesley and Tyler Bate for a North American Championship match. We got a whole hype up thing with Thea Hale that turned into, you know, more of just her continuing to, you know, she's going to be fighting for the championship and all. She beat Court Jade by submission. Uh, Seth Rollins cut a promo on the Titantron that was very clearly pre-recorded for the accepting Braun Breaker's challenge for the World Heavyweight Championship match. We'll talk about that down the line. Mackenzie talked to Dana Brooke. She's there in NXT. Again, not like in any official capacity, although she's not one of the free agents. So that's another one of those things where they're like, man, this draft is going to sort it all out, but we're not going to do anything until a few weeks later. Then after that, we're going to ignore it for another week or so, but then we're also going to have people that Bailey. ignore it as well. <laughs> I'm going to gonna, uh, pull back the curtain here. I also did not watch NXT. Great. Uh, Gisberto Guzzo has been covering uh, on Fightful, and I just didn't have to this week, and I took full advantage of that, and I watched Across the Spider-Verse. Fucking amazing. Great movie. But- you did a much better choice there. <laughs> Apparently they said, I'm a raw superstar, but it doesn't matter. I'll just go anywhere. What the fuck is wrong with these people? What are we do- What are we doing? Like, <laughs> just don't do the draft. That's Problem the rule. Solved. That's the rule don't of thumb that they do, do going it. forward is uh, if you're a free agent, you can go to any shows. But if you're on the main roster, you can go to NXT because we need people to go to NXT because Nikon's like, oh, man, this really isn't working out. We need to boost the ratings and all. And that includes the WWE World Heavyweight Champion because he's a fighting champion, so he can go to any other thing. But he's not going to go to SmackDown unless we decide that we want him to go to SmackDown. But then the free agents don't have to be free agents, but they're pretty much, yeah. Again, WWE goes, rules really matter, records really matter, names really matter, unless they don't, and then there's a giant middle finger. You know what would have made so much more of an impact? Braun Breaker if, popping up on Monday Night Raw. And answering the open challenge. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like they have all these things that are pretty obvious in front of them and they don't want to do. Let's cut to next week when we have the uh, women's tag titles get unified and then they aren't undisputed and such. You know, it's 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 silly. You mean to tell me that you weren't going to make Dana Brooke a free agent? You you had a plan for her on uh, as like a Monday Night Raw or SmackDown superstar or something. No, you wanted to make her a free agent. You make her a free agent. You did that with fucking Zion Quinn, and he hasn't popped up a single thing on television since then. And Von Wagner's the only popped up for the NXT thing or something or for what? For the Zion IT Quinn. Add Gunther. Yeah, he was on Raw at huh. one time. Totally bypassed that then. Von Wagner. uh it's been only on NXT, and here's the logic behind this: his uh, he's been talking to that therapist, you know, the the blonde girl and all. And Mr. Stone's like, "You've been talking to her a lot. Have you talked to her about the baby picture?" And he goes, "No, because I need to talk to somebody that I trust." And angrily says, "You, Mr. Stone," and then walks away. <laughs> Wait, hold on. So. Okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. Big picture. Therapy is working. He's realized he can trust Mr. Stone. And that's why he wants to talk to him. But he's like, I'm mad that I can trust you. 
Oh, I know. And funny then I'm gonna like that. And then I'm gonna walk away unusual. and not talk to you about the thing. <laughs> that's not unusual. I know plenty of people who fit that category. Baffling. I hate it so much. I want to bang my head on so many different things here, including hey, Nathan Fraser is the new Heritage Cup champion. Oh yeah, he beat fucking Oromensa. Yeah, because that makes sense. He beat uh, not Noam Dar, the champion who may or may not actually be injured. There's conflicting information about that, that it might just be completely just based on a story thing. So they wait all those months with the heritage cup. They don't merge it with the North American championship at worlds collide. Like they should have instead. They just did a random North American title match. Then it was like ricochet challenging or something. Um, they don't merge it. They wait months. Then Noam Dar just pops up and he's like, Hey, yeah, remember I've got this uh, trophy. That's pretty neat, huh? And they set up the whole thing with Dragon Lee and Nathan Fraser so that Nathan Fraser doesn't get the shot. Dragon Lee does, and he fails. Nathan Fraser then gets the shot, but he only beats Oro Mensa because that's the thing. So they start off the metaphor with the secondary guy loses it. It's a pretty decent name, yeah. I love that name. I think uh, I'm all for all four of these individuals being on my screen more. Whether or not I like their wrestling ability, which in the case of Noam Dar, I very much do. Uh, I like it. Thumbs up, except for the fact of you might be injured, which that's the case. Thumbs down. Thumbs down massively on that Dabakato thing. Just don't understand why this is happening. But Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo attacked Actim and Scripps after the match. And then here's another thing. If you want to try to follow the logic. Later in the night, we got a whole setup with, you know, the whole Hank Walker and Tank Ledger had fought in a match. Then they became a closer tag team. Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs had fought together. They became closer after that. Malik Blade and Idris Sanofe were debating about doing that. They decided to have their match. They do the match. Malik Blade wins. Ringside, uh, Jensen and Briggs, Walker and Ledger are all out there. They have a big, like hurrah kind of moment and Booker T comes out of the commentary booth and says you three teams are going to fight in a triple threat match next week and that will defend uh, determine who fights Gallus in two weeks on the secondary episode of NXT Gold Rush meanwhile Angel and Umberto are just watching by and I'm thinking why isn't this a four way (laughs) hey priorities those teams are here first. Especially when the Pearson, uh, the people that are feuding the most with Gallus right now are the locked up Tony D'Angelo and Channing Stax Lorenzo, who last week, Tony D'Angelo said, hey, Stax, do you still think that this is Gallus? If so, you need to make a big move and do something. So this week, Stax was looking at the wall and was like, I think that it's Gallus still. And I think I'm ready to make a move. Which meant this was a completely pointless segment that did absolutely nothing to further this story. They quite literally they quite literally took the exact same type of wording and said, you know, it'll be even cheaper. If we don't bother to have Tony D'Angelo in there, we put a piece of paper on the wall. Good Lord, people put in some effort to this thing. 
whether it's the filming aspect of it or so is he hurt like what's what i have no idea about? but they're just they're dragging their ass about this and they're not even bothering to try to write any reason for it they're just going i don't know that's still a thing nothing's changed this week it must be so easy to be a wwe writer and I want you to call me out on this. I want you to hire me and let me uh, find out that it's not the case. It must be so easy to not have to do your job. <laughs> I like you being like, give me money. Yeah. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Give, me money. Give, me, give me a job and don't do the type of thing where it's like, oh, you you don't let any of the ideas go through. And that's the only reason why. Ha ha. See, we're controlling your narrative in that kind of way. No. See what happens if you get somebody who actually wants to put any thought and effort into this. And how, you know, I mean, look at it this way. If you've been following the Blueprint Project over there on Fanboys Anonymous, you know how I can write. And you know that I pay attention to stuff. So you should be paying attention to the Batman A Nighttime Story, 100 records from the Wayne Foundation archives, because Chapter 4 uh, is all that stuff. All that is all already out there. Chapter 5 is coming up pretty soon. I am maybe about 60% done the editing. I'm hoping to get this up on June 26th. So fingers crossed that I can do it in the next 10 days. But uh, it's just uh, the, the writing and stuff on, in WWE in general is bad, but in NXT, it's a whole extra level. And, you know, you get like Roxanne beats Tatum. She's got no real connection to Blair Davenport. Who doesn't bother to come out to attack Roxanne anyway? Because they just need to drag that out, I guess. And Baron Corbin beat Ilya Dragunov. So now we've got some setup of this thing that they're calling NXT Gold Rush. So two weeks in a row, they're doing this Gold Rush thing. This next episode is going to have like half of the championship matches and, you know, some other stuff too. Week after that, we're going to get a follow-up. I think that they're going to record them back-to-back. And then I don't really know why they're doing that. Maybe just some kind of travel issue or something. But let's talk about our predictions for this. So, so just toss them out there. We don't need to get super deep. Rollins, Breaker. Rollins is obviously retaining. No question, right? <laughs> oh, did we lose Tony? I'm still here. I can hear you. Did he not toss it? Did he toss his prediction out there and also get tossed with his prediction? Or did I get lost? I no, think that you I got lost. <laughs> I can hear you guys. Oh, that's that's interesting, losing the <laughs> the actual voice of the podcast. No, so we've we've never lost the voice of the podcast. I assume we're just gonna stop and record. Yeah, I don't I'm know. Gonna, gonna, I have no idea what's oh, happening guys, because can I can us, Yeah, I can yeah. hear them. They can't hear me. We'll, 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 we'll seemingly pick up when. That's how bad uh, NXT Gold Rush is. Yep. No one cares. We don't want to predict that. So this is really, this is an odd, uh, we've never had this happen before. I can hear them really quite good. I can on this can episode like, like 20, and they can't hear me, but my recording is going through <laughs> with all of that. All right. So I'm picking up where I left off where I don't know what happened. I blame it on the bad drivers outside i guess i don't know this is turning into a bad day mid podcast um i was trying to pitch to you guys brown breaker's got no chance of beating seth rollins for that championship right would be really cool if he did just for the sake of banking history but now yeah no 
I do think, though, that there is a chance Tyler Bate beats Wesley for the North American title. I don't think it's happening, for the record, but I think that there's a chance, at least way more than Braun Breaker. But I'm going to go Wesley. Tyler Bate. Um, you got me to talk about it. He's uh, a, like Ali's the referee. It it feels right. There's a lot of chance for fuckery, and NXT likes that. Oh, I kind of just think the match is gonna get thrown out, and Ali's gonna screw them both, and he's gonna turn heel, and he'll be the one that beats Wesley. Could very well be the case. Wouldn't shock me because you know it's a good way to put a championship on him and kind of switch up the dynamic a little bit with a heel Mustafa Ali in NXT, where he could be a bigger deal and. Maybe you can transition that to somebody else in, you know, two months or whatever it might be. Um, I think that they are going to add Angel and Umberto. Or maybe even Stax and Tony D'Angelo to the tag team thing. But if they stick with just those three teams, I think Bladen and Ofe are winning the tag title shot. And then they're losing to Gallus. I think um, Gallus needs to drop the belts. I think I don't want to see another. Hey, let's do a three-way with the Creed brothers and the D'Angelos. Uh, just whoever wins should beat Gallus. But I'll say I'd like to see Idris and Malik win, even if it was like a Lee Johnson, not Lee Johnson. Um, Leon Ruffin. I'd like to see that kind of a run. From them, so why not give them the tag titles and actually have uh, an Ofe get WWE tattooed in his chest too? Um, I think it's quite glaringly obvious that the the next tag champions are going to be um, Tony D and Stack. So, like, there's not even any real point in me predicting who's going to win this match. It could be any of them. They're all going to lose to Gallus. So, let's just go. Briggs and Jensen. What if it's not in Gallus? Like, what, what if mean? what if Gallus what? didn't spiel on Tony D? Oh, the Tony D'Angelo thing. I mean, that would be the whole like, we got you. We told you the whole time it's Gallus, and it turns out it's Blair Davenport or something. It could be. It could be. Uh, Briggs, Briggs and Brooks. You know, like they they could turn heel in that way. Maybe it's Sebastian and Zach. <laughs> Could be. Uh, Dana Brooks fighting Cora Jade. Uh, raise your hand Bears. if you care. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, I am sorry, but like, come on. You man. know what was? What you know what was really funny is uh, the interview with Dana Brooke. Uh, Mackenzie Mitchell's like, you know, hey Dana Brooke, why are you here? Essentially, and Dana Brooks like, I always fight no matter where it is, and um. You know, like you give me a chance to fight, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna prove myself, and all this, like you know, uh, the power of positivity type bullshit. And she's like, I, I've been in NXT, and I've been on Raw and SmackDown, and whether it's fighting for the twenty four seven championship, where, and it's like, oh, you, oh, you have nothing else. <laughs> well, she's got a lot. She's gonna reunite with her husband Reggie. Like, her list of accomplishments that she could run down, you know, you talk to like a, a Charlotte Flair 
and Flair goes into like, I'm a 14 time champion. I've, you know, been NXT women's champion twice. I won the Royal Rumble. I did this. I did that. I've main evented WrestleMania and all Dana Brooks, like, whether I was Charlotte's protege or I teamed with Emma. Oh. Well, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's the, the Dana Brooks story is perpetually sad. And it's interesting that they keep giving so many different people to Cora Jade, which that proves that they are looking at her as somebody that they're grooming towards the top. So I'm going to go Cora J just straight up wins. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Now we got for week two, of course, the tag title situation is something that depends on week one. They didn't really announce a whole lot much more else, but we know Tiffany Stratton's going up against the Hale. Stratton's definitely winning that. I don't think anybody's going to debate about that whatsoever. Where is Andre Chase? Uh, I'm really curious about that because they did a whole thing with Duke Hudson calling up Andre Chase and leaving a voicemail about it's getting crazy around here and what's going on with your recovery. Is it a contract negotiation issue? or Because he had tweeted out that thing about leaving NXT. So that's strange. He's also, like, there's, his moveset was added to... 2K23, but he was not. Where the hell is Andre Chase? How's that work then? What was this moveset added for? Like Like, the create a wrestler thing? Because they probably, yeah, they probably had him ready to go. But his. That's really weird. Maybe it is a contract thing. Like he's in negotiation with that or something. And I don't know. Uh, for the record, though, I mean, Carmelo Hayes against Baron Corbin is also happening. I'm anticipating no championship change there whatsoever either. So they should. I mean, Baron I'd be Corbin down for it. something. I don't want to see him be if it was anybody but Melo. Like if it was like Breaker, I'd be like, yeah, be, beat Barbaker. Right. Like. I would like to see Baron Corbin do something. He's like the opposite of Dana Brooke for me, where like Dana Brooke, it's sort of like, all right, you tried it's not clicking with Corbin. It's like, you know, something's there. Do it already. Dana Brooks, one of those great examples that when we talk about people that maybe should go to another company and be a bigger deal and kind of feel like they matter more like, man, Dana Brooke, you should go to NWA or something. You know, some version of your flowers there because it doesn't seem like it's happening in WWE. You know, Corbin's going to lose. Hale's going to lose. Uh, this whole like all this gold rush thing might very well turn out to be not even a single championship changes hands. Which, if they go two episodes with this gold rush idea and the titles all stay where they are, I'm going to consider that at least a little bit of a flop. Because they yeah, could have no, just done, change. they could have just done the Heritage Cup thing, and then been like, "Well, at least you know the Heritage Cup changed hands." But something will know. change. Well, the fact that they're pre-taping the second night makes me think there is no chance at all that a title changing there. So it's either the North American or it's nothing. I think. I like the name though, NXT Gold Rush. Yeah, I like it too. Would have worked maybe for Night of Champions. <laughs> Instead of bringing back that idea. But let's talk about AEW. 
Let's talk about how there was a big no that popped up on the screen. What was that about? No. No one knows. And it's also not the first time it's happened, so. Oh, really? It happened before? I don't remember that happening at another time. Was it last week when I wasn't watching? Because I don't remember that. No, it was sometime in April, weirdly enough. Just some random show in April where they had... It didn't even just say the word no. It said no, and then disappeared off screen. It said no what? So I don't think it's an out. angle. It said no, and then it said no, and then said yes. Quickly, <laughs> just transition between two. It's only up there for like a couple of seconds. Do you think it's no like one a production it there? Because no one's. Which, I, I don't. I, I, I don't know. It doesn't feel considering the fact that, that happened in April, and then this next one just happened in early mid June. Doesn't feel like it's building up for someone to come into the company. If it was happening every week, then I'd say, oh yeah, definite angle. Yeah. We just don't know what it is. This just feels like okay, something's just going up with someone hijacking the show's feed or something. I don't know. I would assume it's just somebody clicked on the wrong button in the production booth. They put this no on screen, which I don't know why that would even be there. Like, what's the use of the no? If there's a no and a yes, that's even funnier because then that's kind of like is this like an applause <laughs> and boo kind of thing, you know? But I thought it was funny as hell because I was like. Is this, you know, is this somebody trying to say don't watch? Or is this somebody saying I don't like this person? It's like, you know. But we had some really good stuff that happened on Dynamite. That MJF and Adam Cole Eliminator match, that was, uh, that went on for the full time limit. And that was great. That was the best Adam Cole match yeah. I've seen in a while. Yeah, this was, this was Adam Cole back for the first time probably since his last couple of, uh, months in NXT, those kind of matches with Kyle O'Reilly. Um, yeah, it was just an excellent match, and they it never felt like it was heading towards a time to draw, considering how long it was going still. I did not expect the finish the, coming out the way that it did, but that made it even better, because he hits the... He drops the boom, and he's just trying to get MGF over, and as he's pinning him, it comes down with the two, and the bell rings, and everyone's disappointed but not in a way it's like oh this is crap it's a case of oh we really wanted to see adam cole win and the time limit when it's a really i, I like the fact that ew use time limit draws more companies should mm-hmm. should take note of that really I'm not saying it definitely shouldn't happen every single match or every single week but you know every now and again that really it's a it's a good way to end a match without either guy having to lose it's a so much more efficient and effective way of doing what they seem to be fixated on in WWE of having interference and DQ finishes. Yeah. They yeah, want to do that, that nine out of time. 10 matches. And it's like, you, if you don't want to beat somebody, just have the time limit draw. Nobody has to lose. Again, the so best obvious. Thing about this result, yeah, the best thing about this result as well is because it, it's they had a great match. So you get a a banger match to start off the show and it also makes you actually interested in a in a follow-up mm-hmm. the best thing they actually the double best thing about it is because we'll, as we'll talk about we know NJF's plans for for is whether he wants them to be or not but it also means that you can move on to that and you can come back to adam cole after Forbindor. yeah because he, he didn't win so he doesn't get a title shot and you could even do something at forbidden door if you want to do like adam cole against somebody from new japan and be like all right well the winner of that match, that'll be an eliminator match itself. And the winner of that fights, whoever between Hiroshi Tanahashi or MJF. So 
hey, we might be in a situation where the AEW championship is not only held by a New Japan guy, but the number one contender is a New Japan guy. And then, you know, Cole wins, and then MJF wins, and then we come back around to that for all in, and then, you it's a great way of doing it. Starting off with a good match like that is not only a good way just in general, but it's like they had a good match. So now people are going to be interested to see the follow-up for it instead of being like, you know, it's going to be good. Like uh, a lot of companies are just like, ah, you know, the match will be fine. Now they proved that that'll be good. I think we might as well, I know there's other stuff follow the chronological order. We might as well talk about the Tanahashi announcement. So yeah, the Tanahashi pops up says that he wants to challenge MJF for the AEW championship. And then he, uh, yeah, and then MJF's backstage with Renee Paquette, not in the trainer's room, yeah. and Renee tells him, oh, you're facing uh, Tanahashi at uh, door And he says, well, um, I'm going to say no on that one. <laughs> I don't care if I'm in booked. I'll, I I'll no that. show if I have to. And like, he doesn't want some uh, rinky-dink in, like, guy from a Japanese indie fed uh, challenging me for the world <laughs> championship. This is... I, I, I'm like, from a match standpoint, there are better people for NJF to go up against. But from an ideological standpoint, this is the perfect match for him at Forbidden Door. Like, that is Mr. New Japan, Tanahashi. And like, it's not like he's, he put it, put it this way, he's an absolutely broken man at this point. <laughs> like, Tanahashi is carried through so many matches now because he's still great and he still hits all his spots well enough but he's so much slower and his knees don't work anymore so and just gonna have to have his uh working boots on to make this as great as possible but if anyone can do it is mjf because he hasn't missed in ring all year so far so so i'm looking forward to it and just to see how mjf approaches having to fight someone from new japan perfect opponent Tanahashi, because of every reason Calum just listed, is wrestling more of that style that he's that MJF is accustomed to. So this gets him on the show, and it kind of squashes the whole MJF will never work a forbidden door thing. So we can kind of move on now. I just liked even the backstage thing of him just being like, "Yeah, I'm gonna say no to that." <laughs> great way of just being you know the 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 indie fed thing and all you so you crap on the company you crap on the guy and it's booked anyway so he's gonna have to follow through with that and fantastic thought that was great can't say the same about some other parts that i skipped through um i was not digging the uh sammy guevara darby allen sting chris jericho segment i didn't skip that i watched it but i just didn't really like it so i knew from the moment that um they came out with the signs that said tay was pregnant i said to my friend who i was watching with i said well i guess he's fighting jericho next isn't he and sure enough he is i don't care about any of that i care about sting versus chris jericho because god damn it that's cool and i'm old and they're old, and I just want to see it, and I'm glad I'm going to get the chance to see it. That's my takeaway from all of this. 
Yeah, as as has been the case and proven multiple times, Tony Khan is desperate to make Sammy Guevara the next big baby face in AEW, despite the fact that half the audience at least hates him. So, but yeah, he's going to continue doing it. He's going to try and use Darby Allen as the vehicle to get that across. Guevara and Jericho are going to face Allen and Sting, and you get the big shot of um, Jericho and Sting against each other for the first time, and so that's a big moment. And then that will transition into Guevara versus Jericho, probably heading into either All In or All Out. So, but yeah, I'd say I I I don't know why he persists with Sammy as a baby face, but he's going to keep doing it until everyone eventually tells him no, and then he's just going to try again. Dad, will repeat the things I've said before. I'm a huge fan of Sammy Guevara. I think that he's one of my favorite people in AEW and all but this just kind of feels to me like why are we doing this instead of what we should have just done the Daniel Garcia thing however many months back like that was a year ago at this point it's, it was a it's year done. it was a full year uh, it's been about nine months Ugh. they should they dropped the ball on that one um, speaking of Garcia he wants to fight Shibata Calum how do you feel about that cool like yeah, right. Like it'll be fun. Much like anyone against Shibata is a bonus now because he's just wrestling again. And again, well, I guess we transition into the, this match first of all. So to have the Embassy against uh, Orange Cassidy, Keith Lee, Darby Allen, and Sting again, just a fun eight-man tag. You have Sting uh, get the Scorpion Death Drop on. Does uh, it Brian Cage to get the victory? Yeah, just you know your fun little eight-man tag. And then later on in the night, Orange Cassidy's been interviewed by Renee Young, which is also Renee Paquette, sorry, which is also like some of the most fun segments on the whole show is Orange Cassidy talking. I'll say this. I skipped the match, but I didn't skip the interview. (laughs) (laughs) And then so he's talking and then Zack Sabre Jr. comes up with the ever so eloquent Hello Orange Bollocks. It's just like... (laughs) Orange Cassidy segments are great, but if you add Zack Sabre Jr. to it, I think Zack Sabre Jr. is one of the greatest promos in the world right now. I just think that he, no one talks like he does, as well as no one wrestles like he does. And then, so he challenges him to pretty much a match at Forbidden Door, saying, I want to be a double champion with both the international championship and my New Japan television championship. And then they're interrupted by Daniel Garcia, who says that he wants a shot at the international championship, but then he also wants... Shibata's pure championship and so Orange Cassidy just in his in the only way that he can do just says oh yeah Shibata's uh, not here tonight but well he's going to be here next week so how about we have a tag match us two against you two okay bye mm-hmm. that's that's basically I was way more enthusiastic than he was about it but that's kind <laughs> of just his job so I don't know what it means for what we're actually going to see at Forbidden Door, but we're going to see OC and Shibata team up against uh, them next week, and I'm super excited about that. That's going to be great. About every Orange Cassidy defense, and I've been wrong. But considering the fact that he has a title called the international title, mm-hmm. I think Zack Sabre Jr. should win the fucking thing. Well, Zack Sabre Jr. has been popping up a lot more with... ROH, so we know that he's got more of a working relationship now with Tony Khan and, and they all. Can go back to what they did with Pac, where he defends it on anywhere, mm-hmm. and you just show it on your YouTube. 
I do have to ask this as well because I know we've said this all times. Is there really a rush to have Orange Cassidy lose the belt at this point? No, I mean what, he's been what? doing a fantastic job. So it's I almost don't want him to because it's been so yeah. great. But it is I mean, kind of the more that it happens, the more that it's like. I mean, the next one's probably going to lose. Oh, you know, okay, he retained. Uh, the next one's probably oh yeah, he retained. So I feel like if I don't of- say that he. Uh, if I if I say he'll, he'll probably just retain over, um, because they didn't say, or have they? Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Is it title no, for title? They haven't announced it. Okay, so they didn't specify if it's going to be like title for title or if it's only the international title on the line, because that might be a well, big difference maker too. Well, they haven't even announced uh, that they're fighting. Yeah, so. true. I would you, hope that they don't though, because then it's a dead giveaway. I don't like. I don't yeah. necessarily love dead giveaways like that. Um, my thing with Cassidy is not that he's he's been he's the best champion that company has. I also just think that there's a ton of people who deserve time with the title and what that can maybe bring to their careers. In the case of uh, Zack Saber Jr., I just think Zack Saber Jr. as international champion sounds right. I mean, if they announce that it's title for title, we know for a fact Zack Sabre Jr. is winning that. Because I highly doubt Orange Cassidy is going to be the television champion of New Japan. But if they announce that it's like only Orange Cassidy's titles on the line, then he might retain. I think that that could be kind of the case. Orange Cassidy's worked in New Japan shows before. I mean, Stranger Things can happen, sure. But I would assume that they probably wouldn't. Have him popping up over there. There's a writer's strike. Stranger things that happened for a while. Linda Hamilton's apparently going to be in the new season, though. So hey, look at that. Sarah Connor popping up. I'm so much more excited for that than <laughs> so many other things. I'm excited to watch some Black Mirror. Uh, that show's back. I've been watching Silo. Now we're getting into Fanboys Anonymous talk. Uh, by the way, check out Fanboys Anonymous. It's over there, fanboysanonymous.com. If you don't know what it is by now, you're not a good fan. I don't know. <laughs> I skipped Wardlow against Jake Hager. Did I miss anything? No, I, well, I doubt uh, it. The, the, ma- the match was just what you'd expect between those two. The The main thing was the post-match when uh, you had a Christian Luchasaurus backstage and Luchasaurus accepted, uh, well, Christian on Luchasaurus's behalf accepted uh, Wardlow's open challenge for the... Uh, the match for the TNT Championship on Collision, and then they left on Anderson Bloody in the stairwell. So, which, by the yeah. way, predictions for Collision because we'll toss those out there too. You guys think Luchasaurus is winning? I think Wardlow is retaining. Oh yeah, Wardlow's beating Luchasaurus. I think. I think um, I've heard a I I heard a well saw Brian Alvarez's prediction for this again. It's just him speculating. This isn't actually like a thing that he's heard through the grapevine, but. He is predicting that he thinks that at some show further down the line, no specifics about which show it will be, there's going to be, it's going to be Luchasaurus and Christian against Wardlow and Goldberg. Hmm. No, I'd be okay with it. That ends up being how Goldberg gets brought in the back of the mix. It'll be interesting. Wouldn't say that it would be my go-to pick, but. Yeah, you know, whatever. 
Uh, let's see. We had the Garcia stuff going on. We were talking about that. I skipped Tony Storm against Sky Blue. I'm going to skip everything related to these people for a long while. And I, for that matter, I'm not going to bother to watch Tony Storm and Ruby Soho against uh, Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue. I'm just not interested. So tagging uh, you guys in if you want to talk about anything with that. <laughs> well, unfortunately, at the moment, it's just Guy. Uh, How did we lose Rob? What is going on today with this call? That's uh, fine. Uh, as long as I'm around, that's fine. That's the, that's the most important <laughs> thing. Uh, well, you got to be I, the next one because I dropped out despite still being here and then Rob. So, you know, I guess you were having the issues at the beginning of this where you were a little transformery. <laughs> it's interesting. I probably got the worst connection, but the one that decides to hold on at least. Yeah. It holds on like, like very weakly. Yeah. Life, like by one, you're hanging on by one thread <laughs> you know again i blame the but, manhattan uh, drivers they did good, something actually. in in uh in florida for him <laughs> you're interested in this uh i thought this match was really good actually like I, it's probably like i saw sky blue against uh athena about a month ago for the ring of honor women's championship and i thought that was a very good match so sky blue's progressing she's definitely not like a finished article by any stretch of imagination yet but she is definitely stepping up and tony storm's great always enjoyed tony storm match they had some quite great spots here where storm was going to go with the spray paint but sky blue brought out her own blue spray paint to combat that and got a really good not as much a near fall off of the uh the um oh what do you call it whatever a finisher is the um whether the uh like that flipping over sunset flip bomb that she has. Uh, she would have gotten, well, she had a visible pinfall, but Ruby Soho was distracting the referee. So she takes out Ruby. Uh, Storm hits Storm Zero, Sky kicks out of that, and then Storm puts her in the Texas Cloverleaf and uh, forces Sky Blue to submit. They decide to try and take her out afterwards. Well, a Nightingale chases them off. That leads us to the tag team match that'll happen on collision between Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale versus Storm and ruby soho which i imagine uh, sky blue will win because it's in chicago so oh that's right she's from chicago yeah all right yeah. so then but, they go with sky blue winning that because it doesn't really matter I, i'd say like I, I i liked basically everything about this match besides the fact that sky blue came out on her own and the outcast was out there with well at least ruby soho was out there with tony storm and it's like like you know what they're gonna do so find someone to back you up that is just the rule against the outcast you need to have someone out there with you i mean hell wcw made an entire group of factions that became we have to team up to fight the nwo you know logic now we're talking about the uh setup for forbidden door we mentioned the hiroshi tanahashi answering the challenge or well putting up a challenge for mjf but sonata had put out an open challenge and jungle boy was the first to go yeah me and you know i mean that wouldn't have been the first thing that I would have thought of but that match should be good i mean jungle boy is one of my more favorite in-ring people i can't speak to sonata's in-ring work because i haven't paid too much attention to what i'm assuming it's probably only a handful of matches of his that i have seen it was probably tag matches more than anything else. So, you know, I don't remember 
fuck all from what I've seen from that. But I know if it's a Jungle Boy match, I'm probably going to be enjoying it. And if it's going to be for a championship, all that much better. And there's no way in all hell that Jungle Boy is going to win, but that's okay. Oh yeah, that, I mean that's the that's the the right call for it because you know that it was very unlikely that Sonata was going to lose the title if he was going to be defending it at Forbidden Door, but it means that he gets to take on an up and coming guy, Jack Perry. They're very good wrestlers. They'll have a very good match, but it's it's weird because neither the match for either world title feels like it should be the main event of this show. Oh no, that, I don't think it will be either. Yeah, this well, this one in particular is definitely far below Tanahashi against MJF, and you know it'll be a fun little midcard thing. I think they'll, but the whole thing for AEW is that it works into the story of uh, Jack Perry's growing desperation and the eventual turn on Hook to battle him for the FTW Championship because that was the whole promo was about that led to this accepting his open challenge was basically saying I feel looking at Hook wearing his uh. FTW Championship, I'm feeling a little bit bare without gold that I promised that I was going to win during this year, so I'm going to challenge Sonata for the title, and then when, like, Renee went to ask Hook about what he thought <laughs> about it, he just cuts him across as, actually, I just need to say that you are my best friend, and I need you in my corner to, for this match, and he, Hook accepted, and it's basically, oh, okay, he's turning into Christian now. This is good. So, yeah, the heel turn is very much incoming. I do not think it will be cemented at Forbidden Door. It'll no. just be the next step in the journey. No, I think that's just going to be one of those times where he puts up a really good fight, he comes up short, and then he's like, I got to try to pick myself up after this one again. It's just more growing frustration, essentially. I, th- I think this is the first time we'll see him try and cheat to win the match. That'd be interesting. I'd be down for that. I also um, like the whole idea yeah. of like him cutting off Hook and Hook still not talking at all. <laughs> yeah. You see that the, there's I, some report, I don't remember who it was, might have been the Boozer thing or something, about the idea that WWE is trying to get Hook and that supposedly, you know, whatever, you put stock in that if, as much as you want, that, uh, that Taz wants Hook to go to WWE. I don't trust in that report. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be surprised if WWE were interested in Hook in the same way that I wouldn't be surprised if WWE was interested in like half the AEW roster. But you know that's kind of that's kind of by the by is whether we whether we end up seeing that or not. I don't know how long Hook is signed with AEW. I don't know if Taz would be interested in it. I think that Taz would probably want to see him in WWE at some point, even if Taz is working for AEW because realistically he probably would want to be in WWE again at some point as well because. That's the way it should be, really, is people should just be bouncing between the different promotions on a more regular basis. No one should be tied to it forever. Let's see. What do we have after that? Was that uh, Main event PCC? Time. Okay, yeah. yeah. So this I didn't PCC. purposely skip, but I was working on other stuff at the time, so I didn't really get to see much of it. Uh, match was great, as you'd expect. The, well, it was funny from the start because... You had the uh, Hangman and the Bucks come out, and obviously their name on the Indies was the Hung Bucks, because, you know, that's quite yeah. funny. <laughs> and then they had the, um, you know, they always have this little banner on top of their names when they come out to the ring, especially Hangman stuff, where it just like has some little, little like reference or in-joke on there. Um, this one, it said, um, because they, it, they came out and their names were Hangman Page and the Young Bucks. 
and I can't remember this word for word, but it basically said along the lines of uh, used to be known by a sexually suggestive and anatomically incorrect name. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, okay, that's that's just really funny. <laughs> they're so they're, they're so meta. It's it's fun when it's just like in a little wind joke like that, rather than taking up you know ninety percent of a promo. That's true. Uh, but the match was fun. Of course, like these guys just all put on great matches all the time, and you ended up with uh, Hangman hits the, the buckshot lariat on Utah and gets the pin. But the real insanity happened after the bell, and I think it's almost like a case of I've seen it because this happens all the time. You know, Twitter just like Twitter always uh, like spews out the same wrestling gifts over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what they so one of the gifts I've seen re- recently just pop up multiple times is that ending to the greatest ever ending to SmackDown, which was the one in the build up to Survivor Series 2001, where it's basically the you know, Rock and, and Steve Austin and Kurt Angle and Kane and Undertaker all coming out and all hitting their finishers. So basically, um, it's not the same level, but um, AEW had their equivalent to that on this show which was you have uh, Blackpool Combat Club go on the attack afterwards, a bit about losing. Then Eddie Kingston, for the first time since quitting AEW, comes back onto AEW and immediately goes after Castagnoli, which makes me feel like, okay, so that's your main event for the next big Ring of Honor show for the world title. You're going to do the rematch, and that's where Kingston's going to win the world title. But I'm cool with that. And he had a stare down with Moxley, but didn't hit Moxley. Um, Kingston stopping the Bucks from attacking Moxley. So there's still like a lot of weird feelings there because he hates everyone else at Blackpool Combat Club, but he likes Moxley. So be interested to see how that goes. And then they're all bickering. Takeshita comes in, he attacks Kingston, he attacks the Bucks. Like he's now getting involved. Kenny Omega then comes down, he takes down Takeshita. And then the big, the biggest surprise is Will Ospreay. He's going to be fighting Kenny Omega if Vindor turns up. Sorts him, hits the Stormbreaker in the Hidden Blade, and he's standing toward the end while the other people are just surrounding the ring. Yeah, this was just a really chaotic and wild ending, which uh, built up towards the what I presume will be the main event of the Door should really be Omega versus Osprey. And yeah, I thought this was just like it was an excellent ending to the show. I thought this this was one of the better dynamites they've had all year. So now let's wrap this out, wrap this up, I should say, round this out, whatever you want to say, uh, with the remaining predictions for AW Collision. So we already talked Lucius Horace Wardlow, talked about Sky Blue and match. Miro is listed as in action, aka Miro's beating somebody. Because <laughs> yeah, the idea is just someone. right. I, poor Serpentico, probably. Could be Serpentico, could just be like a local person could be any number of people on the roster. I mean, I would think that if it was somebody that was noteworthy, they probably would say it's Miro against Roosh or, you know, whoever it might be. I don't know why Roosh is the first person that popped in my mind, but like this, anytime they usually say somebody in action, it's because, Hey, you want to see Miro. We are just putting him out there. He's going to beat somebody. So it's not even, you know, not even a question. Buddy Matthews against Andrade. I'm assuming Andrade. Uh, I would say Andrade beats Buddy, uh, Buddy Matthews, and that leads to a um, a match between 
essentially LFI with I presumably Lobi like Andrade, Roosh, and maybe even Drillestico or um, Preston Vance mm-hmm. against uh, against the House of Black for the trios titles on some yeah. episode of Collision or another pay per view. That's fine. That's the way to build it up. I'm more interested to see how on Andrade does because we haven't seen him in a very long time. And I would assume, of course, if they're doing that kind of a build for that trios match, Andrade winning gives them a chance to put themselves in the number one contender spot. And, you know, Andrade's been out for so long that they want to give him some kind of a boost. And then we got Punk and FTR against Mojo, Jay White, and Julius Robinson, which there's a part of me that thinks that CM Punk's going to do something here. And it's not going to be a straight up just Punk and FTR win. That maybe it could be Punk turns on FTR or that there's, you know, somebody attacks Punk and starts a feud there or something along those lines. I don't know, but I feel like there's something up to that. But if as far as a straight up prediction, then I would still just go Punk and FTR probably just win. Yeah, I'd say Punk and FTR would probably be the most likely winners, but there's multiple different directions that go. I think that you should, if I was booking the show, I'd say you open the show with a CM Punk promo. Like you just give him the first 15 minutes and you just let him say whatever he's going to say and see how that builds up for the main event. Then you make this the main event. Obviously, this will be the main event of the show, but there's so many directions you could go. You could just have CM Punk and FTR win and just get it going that way you could have punk turn on ftr and align with bullet club gold and just be the new new like grizzled veteran of bullet club gold alongside him and like jay white and juice robinson um yeah or he just turn on ftr and just be pissed off of the world he could in his promo basically allude to the fact that he's going to be a heel moving forward but obviously he's in chicago here so he's going to be treated like a god regardless um yeah it's it's hard to tell they need to, i think they need to if they really want to establish collision as you know this is another a show this isn't going to be like what rampage became you want to have a big angle on this show to leave people wanting more and wanting to come back and punk is your best vehicle for that to happen so so i'm very very curious what they do i don't really care too much about i mean i'm sure the match will be good but it's essentially everything surrounding Punk is the big draw for this show. Pretty much, yeah. And not only just because it's CM Punk and all the drama and everything, but Chicago, of course, that's always going to be his territory. And he is the biggest established name. That's all, of course, the uh, the across, I should say, the uh, advertised people and all. So if they want to get people talking, give them something CM Punk related for sure. So we will see more about that tomorrow with the AW Collision uh, premiere, which uh, I got to try to remember to record because I will probably not watch that live. I think that that's going to kind of cover into when I'm going to see the flash, which we'll see how that turns out to be. (laughs) But that's our uh, set of hot tags for this week. Um, You got a little bonus there of, some messed up call stuff that I'm probably not going to edit out since that'll take even more time for me to edit. And um, 
you know, Rob's been MIA. His uh, power went out from this storm. So maybe we'll try to get some more thoughts from Rob in there uh, elsewhere. But I'm sure, of course, he would be plugging that dude. Felice.com is forever coming soon. And <laughs> to check him out, all those the places on uh, Twitter and stuff at Dude Felice. Make sure you are, of course, following everything that I mentioned before for the stuff under a mango tree, which you can find all at a mango or Anthony like follow, share, favorite, subscribe, all that stuff for smart Cow moment, fanboy synonymous and my own personal stuff at Tony mango and Callum hit us with the last ones. Well, of course you, you come to me now, Mr. Consistent on this show. The one with the most consistent <laughs> internet that wants to stay stable throughout the entire thing. So it's only right. That- Did you really seriously just cut out? No, I'm just joking. Okay. Uh, so I was going to say, if that, <laughs> if that happened, that would have been the most perfect thing. <laughs> I know. Well, that's kind of why I did it. But uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but there was a split second where I looked over at the Skype thing. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> So you got me on that fucker. That was good. Um, <laughs> but you can follow me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Uh, check out the power rankings coming out on Saturday. So that'll be where I rank the WWE superstars for the past week based on their performance and see who is top of the rankings for this week. And you can also follow the Fantasy League where things are things are very, very close. I think the last time I checked, there was about a dozen points between all three of us. Mm. So it has closed up significantly over the past uh couple of weeks or so so now when we head into money in the bank it could be it could be very very interesting who's able to score points on there especially because the briefcases do give you some extra points so i don't think i don't to be honest i don't know if any of our people are in with a shout of winning the briefcases i'm sure a couple of them are but i can't remember all i can't remember especially especially not the men's one women's maybe but uh okay so just stay tuned to that over on uh wwe all right, everybody, that's it for episode 602. We will, of course, continue on with some more stuff next week. Another round of the hot tags coming up after all the other stuff from this past, uh, from these next seven days. But the main event for next week is going to be our predictions for Forbidden Door. And then when the pay-per-view comes around, then we're going to be talking about the post-show. So make sure you have those email alerts set up the way we go live. And until then... Adios. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy what's the uh, something coming up, isn't there? There's always something coming up. I don't know. Enjoy whatever's coming up, (laughs) and um, we'll see when we see everybody. But for now, this has been another smart out moment, and we are being counted out.